Between Isaiah wailing and anguishing and Jesus judging and condemning, you'd be forgiven if, like me, you listened to the lessons appointed for Evensong on this third Sunday of Advent and thought, well, Merry Christmas to both of you too. Could there possibly be a gloomier message than Isaiah's lament this evening as he predicts the downfall of Israel's enemy Babylon? Could Jesus' words of frustration with his critics, the political and religious authorities that he knows will ultimately execute him, be more out of step with the general mirth and merriment out there in these last ten days before Christmas? Could these be the same men who have inspired millions of people over the centuries with their thrilling visions of hope? Why can't we hear, they shall beat their swords into plowshares, or blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven tonight? Why instead must we hear, I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity? And especially today, of all days. Because you see, for about the last 800 years now, this third Sunday of Advent has focused the attention of Western Christians on the idea of joy. Had you attended this morning's Eucharist in the cathedral, for example, you would have seen that the celebrant had laid aside the violet-colored vestments worn since the beginning of Advent and instead donned rose-colored ones. And this evening, you can see that our Advent wreath, just below me here, is now almost, almost fully lit, with the rose-colored candle now joining the other two purple ones as we check off the weeks towards Christmas. Beautiful, simple symbols. But symbols can easily lose their meaning with time, And when that happens, they simply become quaint traditions, robbed of their power. And I fear that this might just be happening a little bit with these Advent customs of ours. You see, the ancient liturgical colors of Advent, violet and rose, point to a time when Advent, like Lent, was understood to be a penitential not a party season. Isaiah's vision and Jesus' condemnations would have been right at home back in those days. Advent was originally meant to be a period of spiritual preparation for the Messiah's coming, with the color purple symbolizing the bruises of this world that he came to save. The deep purple was also a reminder that we too have contributed to those bruises through our own sins, shortcomings that prevent us from welcoming him with all of our hearts when he does appear. Beyond that, the color purple also represents the mourning and grief that naturally come with living and loving and losing. But that single rose-colored candle that we light today tells another story. In the midst of this world's self-inflicted bruises, wounds inflicted on the Jewish people in Isaiah's time by the Babylonians and in Jesus' day by the Roman oppressors, 
wounds still being inflicted today on the children of Syria and Afghanistan and Iraq, the wounds and bitter ache experienced by many of us who will look at our Christmas table this year and perhaps see an empty place once occupied by the love of their life. In the midst of all that sadness and loss and regret, this single rose-colored candle proclaims the resilience of Christian joy. We light that one solitary rose candle in the middle of the Advent season and not at the end of it. It is purposely wedged there amid the more somber purple to express our fundamental Christian belief that real joy can and is to be found in the midst of suffering, in the midst of pain, in the midst of sorrow, and not just when those ordeals are over and done with. It is the joy that was brought by the one whom we call Emmanuel, God with us. Now, psychologists tell us that happiness is a feeling that is achieved sequentially. Once I get this job, I'll be happy. Once I'm over this sickness, I'll be happy. Once this political administration is finished, I'll be very happy. But as we tick off each goal on our list, unsatisfied most of the time, most of us start looking for the next best thing that we hope is going to bring us true joy. Christian joy, however, is an altogether different thing because its origins are in the unchangeable God who took our flesh in the person of Jesus Christ, who experienced all of the ups and downs of living that we still do, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, remains our constant indwelling companion through thick and thin. God is with us. That intimate companionship, strengthened over the years through prayer, helps us withstand the sorrows that inevitably bruise each and every one of us at some point in our lives. Now, down through the ages, that joy has inexplicably been found among martyrs awaiting their fates in blood-stained Roman arenas and in prison cells, on battlefields and in bombed-out cathedrals, in hospital rooms and at gravesides. Christians who experience that unfathomable, lasting joy want it more and need it more because it is not a thing. It is a person, Jesus, Emmanuel, the unexpected Messiah, the joy of our desiring. In 1943, the great German Lutheran pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer found himself languishing in a Nazi prison, waiting for his enemies to execute him for his resistance to their reign of terror. During his last days, he wrote a series of letters to encourage his friends and family in their struggle against the overwhelming evil oppressing them. And when he saw their spirits flagging, he pointed them towards the real meaning 
behind this rose-colored Advent Sunday. The joy of God, he wrote, has gone through the poverty of the manger and the agony of the cross. That is why it is invincible, irrefutable. It doesn't deny the anguish when it is there, but it finds God in the midst of it. And that, my friends, is why the rose-colored candle glows in the middle of the purple and not at the end of the sequence. Because it bears witness to our firm belief that this surprising Messiah of ours still comes to us to sustain us precisely in our confusion, in our sickness, in our loneliness and sadness, as well as in our times of happiness and exaltation, if we will just welcome him in our hearts. Its flickering flame, therefore, anticipates not so much Christmas cheer as it does Easter triumph, a light shining in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome it. Amen.